0: We in the building. Yo, it's popping. It's your man Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the Father Mucking Protocol. I'm flying solo today. My man Joseph Vessi took a break because my ego wanted to see how I could do flying solo. Um, still got my man Big Mike over here handling the sounds. And um, yeah, man, I'm excited because I there, there aren't a lot of cats that um. We'll we'll fly solo and do do the podcast without. I don't even have a guest. Uh, shout out to my man Big Jay Okerson for when he hears this because Jay was supposed to uh, come here. Jay and I we have we have a thing right, and I think I might have mentioned this on uh, earlier episodes. I was supposed to do a podcast with Big Jay probably about a year and a half ago. This this is how lazy comics can be. We we Jay and I we have a shared affinity. For all things 80s That could be um, You know anything from Breakdancing and b-boying movies To Red Dawn All Anything that Golden Globus produced And for anybody out there that's wondering What the heck is a Golden Globus Is not a disease This was actually a production company um, That made such classics As uh, Breaking And then Rappin And then Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, some might say they exploited urban culture, as it were. Um, I think they just like movies that ended with an apostrophe instead of putting the letter G in it. Um, they also, the, all of the ninja movies, uh, from Ninja to uh, Ninja 2, and then Ninja 3, The Domination, um, all starring the incomparable Shu Kosugi. Shokasugi. I just, I love that name. I wonder what he does now. Because Shokasugi was the truth back in the, I actually, I remember sitting down and learning uh, all the tenets of becoming a ninja. There was Rin, Ryo, and you had to say it like that. You couldn't say it. You couldn't say Rin. You had to Rin, Ryo, to, chaka. Uh, There were like seven of them. Um, there's always seven uh, for some odd reason. It's it's uh, it's it's a it's a special number. It's a spiritual number. But uh yeah, the, so anyway, these movies uh breaking was was on this weekend, and about two weeks ago, Big J texted me and said and says, yo, dude, you gotta uh, you gotta turn on Encore Encore stars. Or, or stars black, right? Because stars black, for those that don't know, or for the people that have uh, Time Warner or, or cable vision, if cable vision is in existence, or even um, Directv, this is one of the channels that, unless you're you're black or you like black people, you probably turn past uh, stars black. You turn past stars black the same way you turn past BT. These are the networks that you're saying, why do they have their own network? <laughs> Because you have all the others. And so they were showing break in and Jay and I wind up exchanging for about 20 minutes all of these texts based on the movie and quotes uh, such such wonderful lines as look at his face. Because there was a guy, I don't know what the uh I think this this brother was paraplegic, but he was on uh he was on Venice Beach. He had on the the original Nike suits. Uh, red Nike suit, and he had two um, two walkers, and his legs. I'm not even exaggerating. Back then, I remember saying, "Yo, his legs are like spaghetti because they just they 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 didn't really have joints. It seemed like, and this dude was he was breakdancing, but it, what made it look even more amazing was the fact that he was doing things that the average b boy couldn't do because his legs were at a per. I mean. There's there's a perfect split and then there's where your legs bend the other way. So he was doing like windmills with his legs bending all types of ways and and uh and it, man it was amazing. Um all that shout out to all the paraplegic b-boys out there that might be listening. Um and so uh so Jay and I we have this shared love for for all these movies and uh and about a year maybe 2 years ago, we both were talking, we were like, "Yo, we we did their uh we did their podcast um the the Legion of Skanks with uh with with uh Lewis Gomez and we both said yo we keep talking about it let's do this podcast man and, and and Lewis had all the equipment he said yo you guys should uh you guys should do it you guys I mean you have, you have this great rapport with each other why don't you do it so Jay and I for about I'm gonna say uh, about two weeks because comics comics have such a strong uh, focus no I'm gonna say a week We about a week we had a week's worth of excitement where, where uh, Jay was like nah man you know what we can get in contact with Lucinda Dickey who starred in both Ninja 3 The Domination and Breaking 1 and 2 The Electric Boogaloo and we can probably get an interview with her and you know what? Ashokasugi he's not busy I guarantee he'd love doing an interview so I was like yo let's do this man and uh, and then what happened um, was what happens with all comics. Um, texts stop getting returned., um, calls don't get returned. You finally catch the hint. You don't take it personally. That's the funny thing. You never take it personally because you like, I, right. you know, you know how it gets when you get busy and you just forget because other people have texted you or, uh, you know, called you and so the voicemail gets buried deeper and deeper. And then finally, you don't get to it for another three weeks and you wind up running into each other uh, out and about at the comedy clubs and you both just give each other that look like, man, we comics. We don't need no podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, so, but you know what? That's Mike in the background. Everybody has one, which is how... I think this is what? Episode number eight we're on, man. we on the... I mean, we're eight deep, son. I feel accomplished. And, and for those that may not realize, because... We we've been putting them in the can because uh as a stand-up, any type of artist, as a stand-up, you wind up going on the road. And so for for instance, this, this you actually won't hear this until 2014. But guess what? Through the power of of the uh flux capacitor, I've gone back in time, son. Yes, I just quoted uh another 80s classic, back to the future, the flux capacitor, son. We, uh, we went back in time, and so actually, we're recording this in December. We're recording this on, in December, the day that the actual podcast is premiering. is up on SoundCloud. Make sure you uh, like it, subscribe to it, uh, uh, comment, rate it. Do everything you got to do for the Fothermuckin' mucking protocol, man. People um have been asking me, "Where'd you get that title?" And I think protocol is just a word. I guess I use I use the term a lot because um I, I feel like there are a lot of protocols that people sort of uh don't stick to, sort of um paradigms, if you will. People don't want to stick to uh what the normal accepted behavior is. For instance, um Mandela just passed away. And a lot of people are talking right now because um, the, I think the prime minister of some other country, she's she's blonde. I don't know the name. I could look it up, but I'm lazy. She's Danish. There's my wife in the background telling me she's Danish. That's why she has the PhD and I tell jokes. And, and um so the, the Danish prime minister, she saw all that chocolate loving that is. President Obama, and she decided she wanted to take a picture with President Obama. Now, what's more hilarious about the situation is not the fact that this was taking place at a memorial. A lot of people have a problem with it. I I honestly, I'm like, well, it's not his actual funeral. It was a memorial. It was a celebration of his life. However, if people are all wearing black, it's kind of like the, the pre-funeral funeral, you know? And so that's that's like going to <laughs> that's like the wake before the funeral, right? And so you don't go to a wake and say, you know what? Let me get this this picture with with the corpse <laughs> laying laying in the casket here. I gotta get this one last shout out to my dude. You get got throwing up the deuce sign with with the dead uh, cadaver in the casket. And so, um, I mean, not to liken, I'm more likening the moment than than President Obama uh, to. Nelson Mandela's dead body, but the point being, they took this picture, and and I can understand President Obama taking the picture. Now Michelle Obama didn't look too happy. Um, if you see any of the pictures, or or if you recall, because by the time you hear this, if you recall, Michelle looked a little salty. Michelle um, had had a stern face. A lot of people speculated left and right. Um, you know, she was throwing shade, and she was she was po'd that the president. Um, had the audacity not only to take a picture with with the um, Danish prime minister, but took a picture with this white woman. How dare he? With her, his wife in her presence. Um, who knows? It was also it was a somber, somber um, moment. So Michelle could have had a million things going through her mind. She could have been pondering, you know, what Sasha and Malia were doing. Um, I will say this. Uh, If you fast forward it a couple minutes later, Michelle and Obama actually switched seats and Michelle was, a lot of people didn't see that picture, but Michelle wound up moving seats and she was in between President Obama and the DPM. As my wife looks like, word, word. That's exactly what happened. See, and that is the difference between all white first ladies and the black first lady. Because... Had Hillary just sat between, we all know the picture where President uh, Clinton and and uh, Monica Lewinsky, there was a shot. There's a there's that standard shot. Mike's nodding because everyone remembers there's a shot where Clinton's shaking everybody's hand as as presidents do, and Monica Lewinsky has this look on her face. But she's like, I want to do things with you. And that's where the first lady, uh, Hillary Ron Clinton, was supposed to be right there like, oh, no, man. no, you know you not. And, and there should have been a second picture of, of her uh, looking at uh, Monica Lewinsky and Lewinsky just looking down saying, you know, what, let me fall back. She looks like she means business, um, but she didn't. And so then we had a stained dress however many months later. Yes, that's how it goes down. Um, you know the holidays are coming up, but the holidays are past i wonder I wonder what people got and how how happy people were with the holidays. Holidays are somewhat overrated, man because they're commercialized when I say commercialized, I mean you can't just it's we wind up stressing ourselves like as you hear this it's a new year you may you've made all types of uh new year's resolutions, which you're not sticking to. we all know that matter of fact, stop. Lying to yourself, man. Right? By the time you hear this, you'll be a couple of weeks into the new year, 2014. Actually, I'm coining that 2014, 2014, baby. Hashtag two zero one four dean, 2014. 2014, 2014. I'm I'm owning that this year. It's my father fucking year, the year of the dean, 2014. I'ma keep saying it. Hashtag it, 2014. You heard it. So anyway, yeah, man, don't stop making these these resolutions. You're not sticking to little stop line to yourself. You know what? The best thing to do is is to make some sort of life change. You know, like every summer, here's what I do. Right? I don't. First of all, the New Year's technically your New Year's really your birthday. You know what I mean? We all gather on uh, December thirty first to celebrate. I guess the Earth's year. But technically, your birthday is the year you're, is the day you're supposed to say, you know what, I made it another year. So if you're gonna make any sort of resolution, make the resolution on your birthday. But you're not gonna stick to it, so just make a life change, man. So every year, uh, because my 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 wife's birthday is right around mine, and so every year after we we have a July birthday, so after. After our birthdays, after we've you know sort of gone all out all summer eating all types of whatever, we usually say, you know what, All right, let's fall back for about three months until Thanksgiving because there's there's a there's a definitive date that we can we can shoot towards. And we say, all right, you know what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat any French fries. Ride with me, yeah. I'm not gonna eat any French fries and I'm not gonna drink any soda. Um, from the beginning of from August first. Until uh, whatever date Thanksgiving falls on, I did this in uh in 2013, and 2013. Um, Chelsea Peretti actually, uh, she I, I I wrote something about that last year. She said, "Yeah, keep riding with that." So shout out to uh Chelsea and uh Brooklyn. What was that show? Brooklyn Nine Nine. So um, anyway, uh, back back to what my thought because I go on tangents a lot. Um, that's the beauty of having Joseph here Is that he 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 does he, I'll go off on a 20 minute rant And Joseph guides me back And so I'm actually right now Saying to myself Alright make sure you stay on topic Dean um, So the reason I'll say the reason why I started doing this um, This sort of uh, Cutting you know A lot of crap out of what I What I consume for This um, I don't know Three or four month period Is because uh you know, a couple of couple of uh brothers in arms in comedy passed away, a good friend uh Patrice O'Neill and a good friend Todd Lynn. And these guys were were gi- giants in comedy both literally and figuratively. They both were big dudes, you know? And they both passed away within, I'm gonna say, a month and a half of each other. Patrice passed, um, the end of uh, November two thousand and was it two thousand and eleven or two thousand twelve? And then Todd passed in January, and I remember when that when that happened, man. Um, you know, I went through a sort of a little anxiety. You know, wound up going even going to the hospital because I because I my body because I forgot what it's called, but your body actually sometimes anxiety anxiety can cause you. Your body to uh, adapt some of the uh, some of the symptoms, and so I thought I was having a heart attack. I was I thought I was like, oh, dear. let me tell you something. Nothing worse than uh, thinking you're about to die, because <laughs> because that is it, it. wakes you up. I was I was asleep, I was in, I was doing a gig in Atlanta. As a matter of fact, uh, Patrice's uh, uh, wake or funeral was two nights prior. Get to Atlanta, and I remember uh, I, w- I was asleep for about an hour and a half, and I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I was like real short on breath. I was like, <laughs> like gasping, man, and and it was serious. And so I ran, and then, <laughs> so I ran into the bath. Well, I didn't run. I I actually was leaning on the wall trying to get to the bathroom because this is where uh, every science that I ever taken uh, kicked in. I said, well. I remember in biology, uh, H2O, there's oxygen in water. So go drink some water to uh, refresh my system. So I, I'm flashing myself, but I'm getting lightheaded, feeling like I'm going to fall out. I'm thinking, oh, shoot, don't let it happen here. I haven't accomplished everything that I want to accomplish yet. So ego was keeping me alive. So then I called downstairs um, to to the uh, front desk, and I told him, I, I said, yeah, uh, I think I I tried being cool about it, which was probably part of the issue. Stop being cool and just just survive. I was like, yeah, um, I uh, I th- I think I'm having a an incident. I didn't I didn't say a heart attack. I said I think I'm having a uh, an incident because I think I heard that on ER back in the day, and they would say, uh, what do you mean? Now, realistically, I should have been, man, I think I'm dying. But I did I was like, I think I'm having an incident and um I don't know if it's a heart attack. Um I sound like every uh white female comic <laughs> that works out in the village, because everything was with a question mark. I'm not sure if I'm dying, but I think I could be. Uh and so uh they said, Well, you want us to uh call the EMTs? And once again, ego. I was like, nah, let me uh let me hit you back in five minutes. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> And so I did. So I went on. <laughs> so I went online because when all else fails, Doctor Google is there for you, right? So I went. I went online and looked up symptoms of a heart attack, and it said uh, a numbing in the uh, in the right arm. But then my rational mind said, "Well, I was sleeping on my right side, so maybe it just fell asleep." Maybe I'm just getting pins and needles in my right arm. Uh, and then I said, All right, let me call him because I'm still breathing kind of funny and I still feel a weird, weird, uh, weirdness in my chest. So then before calling back, I said, You know Let me make sure any internet porn is gone because I don't want anybody here's a, here. I don't want anybody saying this dude might have jacked off to death. Right? So a lot. <laughs> So I go pour point the point, and then I call and say, I right, send them. And it turns out I was I was fine. I actually did have um they they said I had something happen, they just never could figure out what it was. But I think what um the main problem was I had gained more weight than I had realized. I've always been um the slim dude. I've always been the tall slim dude around all my friends, or when I was growing up. Every every class picture, I was always the center. You know, you'd have you'd have the tall dude in the middle of the back row, and then you'd stagger everybody else um, to either side of him. And that's how, excuse me, you had like sort of a, a a Christmas tree of students building up to a crescendo that was me, uh, or the top of my afro and or Jerry curls, whatever hairstyle I was rocking at the time. So. Uh, Right around that time, uh, I guess that was uh, twenty twenty eleven, latter part of 2011, I hadn't realized um, that I had gained as much weight as I had gained. I, I normally, I hover around 205, 210, right? And I remember Alec Baldwin said years ago, someone said to him uh, something about him gaining, because at one point, Alec Baldwin had gotten really, uh, like not gigantic. He wasn't. He he wasn't uh, morbidly obese, but he had gained a lot of weight and wasn't looking as healthy. And because he he said, "Well, you know, because uh, because I was always the the uh, doesn't Alec Baldwin sound like a cool jazz musician? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby." Um, he said, "You know what? I I was I was so full of myself. I was so full of myself that I didn't think I could gain weight, and so I didn't see the weight until it was there. And that's what happened to me." I always thought, eh, hey, I could eat anything. I could, uh, you know, go hang out at the comedy cellar uh, till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. and eat chicken shawarma and fries or turkey burgers and, and it's not going to catch up to me. But as you get older, and that's cool, you know, when, when you're in your 20s, once you hit the threshold of 30, your body's like, hey, right, son, I'm, uh, uh, me and the metabolism, we're going to go chill. Uh, you you work out that that way. You got this, right? You're like, yeah, I got this. And next thing you know, you have a uh, you have a ham slab of, of 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 ham on on your uh on your side, and so that's kind of what happened. And there's nothing worse than being the skinny fat dude. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than being the dude that's kind of slim, but but. He turns sideways and looks like he's in his second trimester, you know, and that's I think that's what sort of happened. And my body, when I start gaining weight, is awful because I'm tall. But when you're tall, it's easier to gain weight in the winter because you you uh you can cover it up. I'm not I'm, I'm diesel in the winter, son. You know what I mean? Like I I I look good in the winter because I could wear sweaters and, and turtlenecks and, and multiple jackets. And so I'm like, I'm Tyson Beckford in the winter. Son. But you get me in in the in the middle of July and I haven't been working out. Isn't it, and, and, and you have man breasts, man breasts that look like others. I have awful breasts to begin with. All right. I get, and, and I remember uh Kev Hart said that years ago. He's like, Dean, I don't care how much uh shape, how good a shape you get into, your nipples are awful. <laughs> And I remember growing up, the only person I ever saw that, because I always felt like, you know what, I want my nipples that are always like perfectly, like just look like, like tacks, like thumbtacks, constantly erect. But I have, I have the nipples that sort of, uh, you know, when, when I'm not exercising or when it's not cold, they sort of just look like fat. You know, my, my nipples stink, but if I'm if I'm working out, then even when I'm muscular, even when my chest is looking right, I've been doing my push-ups and the whole nine, my nipples still don't look perfect. Like, if, if somebody said to me, well, if you had to get plastic surgery in your life, what would you do? I would never, I'll never, like, knock on wood never say never, but I never plan on getting any sort of plastic surgery because I think plastic surgery. So looking at Lil' Kim and Vivica Fox, it's obvious That black people are getting plastic surgery now Years ago people say Black people don't get plastic surgery That's something that white people do Because they're not happy with how they look Nah, now there's a bunch of unhappy people in Hollywood um, Of color Because Lil' Kim Kim was cute Lil' Kim When she was just Kimberly Jones Running around the sty With with cats who would later become Junior Mafia um, Lil' Kim If you see the first album Was a cute young lady Right? Was, was she uh, Was she Halle Berry And I only say Halle Berry because that's someone That uh, everyone will relate to I don't want anybody saying well they're finer people than Halle Berry I know they are but I'm saying Halle being the standard that everyone always uses uh, When it comes to black women So was she Halle Berry no but she was a cute Around the way chick you know And if you see Lil' Kim now You look like yo What the who we, th- There's no reason That Barbara Walters Joan Rivers, Vivica Fox, and Lil Kim look like the exact same person in different shades of the Crayola box. And yet they do. And so that's 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 part of the problem. So, you know, I would I would never uh want to get plastic surgery because I think it is addictive. The same way tattoos, someone will say, you know, I'm just gonna get a little ankle tattoo, but next thing you know, they wind up with an ice cream cone on their face. Teardrops on their face, you know. Have a what do they call them? The tramp stamps on the what? What makes you say here? I'm gonna get a tramp stamp. What makes you say you know what? My mother's not gonna look look at me differently because I have a bullseye above my rectal cavity. <laughs> you know, but they but people do it, and I don't begrudge them for it. But you ha- you have to know that perception being reality. People are going to look at you a certain way if you're in the summer, you're at the beach and you have some tribal mark <laughs> you know, around going around your hips. Uh, that's pretty much an arrow pointing to your booty. Um, and so so I would never uh, do anything to my body. But if someone had a gun in my face and said, What well, you, you got to get we're going to do something, then my nipples would be the one part of my body. I said, oh, you know what? Well, actually, if you could just, you know, trim them down a little. Um, and the only person growing up that had nipples similar to me, and, and this is I, I remember uh, an old episode of the Cosby Show, Theo. I was like, Theo and I are the same. There are more of us out there. Theo has fat nipples too. And then as you get older, you go to the gym and you're like, oh, okay, I see more dudes with with bulbous nipples. <laughs> Hashtag bulbous nipples. Uh, can we can we do away with hashtag? No, I, hashtag is kind of stuck with us now, right? Because it's part of the 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 uh, the the lexicon of of navigating uh, the Twitterverse and Instagramverse, and and fa- Facebook doesn't use uh, hashtags. Um, I think what because I my, my wife asked me last week or the week before that right she said why do you have all these hashtags on the pictures and because usually when I put something on Instagram it just goes right to to my uh, to my Facebook man um, so I I lost my train of thought um, as far as the 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 nipples and uh, <laughs> nipples do that he male or female nipples will throw a man's focus off um, all that to say I really did just lose my uh, I need to keep a a, a a notepad of my thoughts. I'd be so funny if I wrote down everything. Huh? Oh, so yeah. Boom. That's why Mike is here. He not only handles sound, but he keeps my thoughts in order. So after, um, after Todd and Patrice died, every comic that I know decided to be healthy for about a month, a month and a half. You know, I, I was talking to uh, my boy Keith Robinson, who Keith is the granddaddy of all comics that I, <laughs> that are working um, from from Philly to uh, New England. Keith Robinson is is sort of the the Mace Windu of of comics because <laughs> Keith is the and I, the reason I use Mace Windu is because Keith is proudly a black man. Like as a matter of fact, Keith and Vesey, um are supposed to have a uh, a basketball challenge because as as nice as Vessie and people don't realize Joe Vessey, like he played with the and 1 cats like Vessie is don't don't let the smooth taste fool you people just because he's white you know in this what people call post racial america even though i have problems with with that term because i'm i'm still very black um uh you can ask every cab driver that doesn't pick me up i'm still very urban um, but in this new era um someone like Vessi back in the days, you know you a movie like white man can't Jump made sense because you would you would every white cat I knew growing up growing up uh they had they had the their main thing you were like the the white cats had a set shot right uh, every white cat i I knew had range they had that three, and you'd be like, Yo watch out for white boy, he's raining on him. But now, I mean, this the white man can't jump came out in like ninety. I'm gonna say ninety three. We're now what twenty some odd years later, and hip hop is universal, man. You know, hip hop is not just the black man sport. You know, hip hop is for everybody. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis are winning with, with hip hop music, you know. And so, from that, the same can be said with basketball. I mean, if if you if you real like like if you look at uh i'm going to say because basketball was pretty much uh dominated by caucasians up until the the late 60s early 70s and that's when it was still the nba and the aba and then the aba was more black but then they combined uh combined the um the the, the leagues and then people were like Dr. J pretty much, you know, changed the game and, and and then many more uh ball players, obviously, but it 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 allotted for uh more flair, more swagger, not just the fundamentals. Like if you if you listen to someone like Bill Walton talk, the, the basketball leagues became uh more uh rambunctious, more exciting when when they got ethnic you know and but it is now come full circle you had the 70s and 80s uh uh with players from from Dr. J to obviously the magic and uh bird era and then the jordan era and now you have you have an entire generation that grew up um exposed to the exciting ball plays. you have an uh, i should say you have an ex- entire generation of excuse me young um Caucasian kids, just everyone. Everyone has seen the best of the best. Whereas back in the days, you only the um, black people were really the only ones that saw uh, the the exciting ball players, as opposed to the fundamental ball players. And so, someone like Vessie now being a, 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 a sick with his game is not surprising. And Keith still refuses to admit or own up or allow. He's like, no. Damn it, Dean. I won't. I'm not letting Joe Vesey uh beat me at basketball. It's not gonna happen. I don't give a damn. I'm black. He's white. It's impossible. But so the way Keith can still stick to that myth is he just won't play him. <laughs> so Keith just avoids playing him so that he can still believe uh, his reality. Keith. And I, we both were talking about. Uh, we, we both boxed together, and uh, they actually. Will Vince was the first comic that that got a bunch of us um, boxing. Will is a Haitian uh, comedian. Uh, y'all find Will um, online? He's a real funny cat. Um, but Will was the first. He started working out with uh, with our trainer, um, uh, Steve Stephen Franks. Um, Steve used to be a uh, championship boxer in, in the uh, 80s, and so now um, he, he works out with all of us and looks out for, for a bunch of comics from, from Keith, Will, myself, um, uh, Kyle Grooms, Modi, uh, Marina Franklin, Amy Schumer, like just a gang of us. Started working out with um uh, with dude because he he started whipping us into shape and I remember Keith and I saying yeah man you know after after uh, Patrice and and Todd died you started paying attention to making sure you you uh, replenished your nutrients and got your better carotene and and whatnot in your system because I was like man I don't want to die and uh, especially after the incident in in Atlanta in the hotel room and me thinking that people were gonna think I uh. Jerk off to death you know which is odd i know but you know i'm a comic with a vivid imagination you know so soon cuz yeah, cuz cause, cause think about it, you didn't, what if i had died and then they did find uh that that uh uh you know uh xvideos.com or 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 bang brothers was 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 up or on one of my windows and, oh, uh, it's a classic case of uh you know uh beyond moderate masturbation you know and so i said i right, you know let me get healthy and and um that's uh, the following summer summer of uh, 2012 was the first year i did it and i lost some weight from not eating fries and drinking soda because i realized every time i went on anytime you go out to eat pretty much french fries are the side that are offered if if you especially if you're eating like you know just like you're going to a deli if you or a diner i should say if you're going to a diner and you want uh, a burger, you're getting French fries. If you go to a diner and you get a sandwich, you're getting French fries. If you get a fish sandwich, it's French fries. If uh, if you if you get a gyro, uh, gyro platters, French fries. Everything has fries, man, and fries. They add up, and and not only does it, uh is it bad weight wise, but it also my body. I can always tell when I'm eating healthy because my body manifests um the junk through my skin. There's, uh, there's another there's another I didn't I didn't experience any any terrible puberty when I was a teenager but as I got older when I'm not eating right you can tell cuz cuz not only it's it's almost like my body's like oh were you <laughs> you going to eat a french fry huh you want you want to tread yeah, here i'm going to put a zip right right under your eye and, and literally son, every time I eat terribly, I don't just get a zip, I, I, I actually get pairings. So if I get one on my right cheek, I'll get one I'll get a matching one on my left cheek to remind me, yeah, you you enjoyed those fries though, didn't you? And so I um last year, uh, in, in twenty thirteen, as it, as it is by the time y'all hear this, um, summer twenty thirteen, I, I did that and I also work out and I go to the gym uh, a good amount of time. Um I wound up uh I got on a scale and thought I had thought the scale was broken then I checked another scale because uh like I said at, at my worst I wa- I was I got on a scale in um in late 2011 early 2012 and it said 224. I had never been this heavy and like 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 Alex Baldwin said I, I was uh I was too narcissistic to think it could happen to me but it happened son. I I got I uh, I got on the scale it said 224. This is in 2011-2012. It said 224. I noticed every time I got on the uh, subway and when I was walking up, I remember specifically I was I was going to HBO which is located on uh, 42nd Street and 6th Avenue. So I took took I think the B or the D to 42nd Street and that's a like when you take that train there are a lot of steps to get upstairs. So when I got up to uh to uh 40 deuce, I was outside. I actually it took me a second to get my breath, where I had to step to the side. I was like, oh shoot, I, I feel like I'm gonna, oh, this is Atlanta all over again, you know? And that's what made me say, all right, I gotta, I gotta be a little healthier because the road catches up to you, man. And so uh um a couple of months ago in summer, was it summer twenty probably I'm gonna say like September, October of 2013 I've been working out I've been you know like doing cardio twice a week I was eating pretty decently and uh and I was you know doing like my uh my what I call like Steve gives gave us this boxing workout that I do even on in hotel rooms where I'll do like I, every morning I wake up I'll do 100 pushups um then I'll maybe do like uh do lunges back and forth he said like do do 200 lunges for the week or, or three hundred. So I'll do like maybe a hundred a day, and uh, just some dips. Just because there are a lot of things that you can do. Because hotels, hotels have the worst uh, exercise rooms. If you're in, a, even if you're in a high-end hotel, sometimes they just have, they have, uh, you know, an old, dilapidated treadmill and an elliptical machine, and then they'll they'll throw them in a room that really isn't a room. It's just like this closet. <laughs> and and they always put the water cooler in there and these little shards of towel. So um I prefer just working out in my in my room every so often like I know the um I'm trying to think what what hotels have have good good gyms. Like when I go on the road, when I'm in Miami, the Miami Improv yeah, big cities usually because big cities mean a lot of people and a lot of fine people. And fine people are very vain and very focused on themselves, so they need to look good. So you go to a city like Miami. Um uh they, they usually when you're doing the Miami improv, they'll put you up at this hotel, the Sinesta. Sinesta has a private level that has the gym, and that gym is they have like the fire gym. They have, they have uh Free weights as well as the Nautilus equipment um, and the TRX, uh, you know, equipment. And you can really get a good workout Uh, as opposed to playing uh, a a club in Peoria, Illinois, which actually the Jukebox uh, Comedy Club is a fun comedy club. um, But the hotel in Peoria is not going to have a bunch of vain people staying there. You're getting businessmen that are, are swinging through Peoria on their way to Chicago and so they're not going to work out. They're going to hang out at the bar and gain weight. Um, Miami, uh, you go to L.A., you know, you have access to Crunch. New York City, you obviously have access. Chicago, usually you'll have a decent uh, gym. So I um, I wound up, you know, working out and staying in decent shape. And next thing I know, I got on the scale, man. And it said, "Uh, this is October 2013. The scale said 198. 197 yeah when i saw that i actually thought something was wrong <laughs> because when i lose weight you can see it in my face but i but i knew i didn't look gaunt but i had had i noticed a lot of uh, a lot of um like guys i know that work out or trainers or like yo man you um lose a lot of weight you're looking good but i i don't i don't like getting on the scale a lot because uh i remember learning years ago that if you're working out, the worst the worst way to see results is by looking in the mirror every day because you are not going to see what the average person sees of you. You're not going to see the change in you because you see yourself all the time. Um, but excuse me, the average person. Um, I I I gotta say this. I will never uh, drink a green drink from Trader Joe's before uh, doing a podcast again. Jeez, I, I, I'm like gassy. I keep belching. On this damn podcast. I d I I didn't even have a full is is green drink is is apples, cucumbers, um, no, no, apples, uh, pears. It's good for you. It keeps it keeps you regular. That's something you'll never say when you, you don't say that till you get older. Oh, well, it keeps you regular, it keeps you uh fibrous. Um, but damn it, I I keep uh burping, man. And I apologize to all of the listeners out there that might be listening and um subscribing to our podcast, our Little Father mucking podcast. But I, I lost a lot of weight, man. And I thought the scale was broke broken, but it wasn't. It, it turns out I uh, I actually just uh was, was staying focused and regimented. And I noticed right after Thanksgiving, I did wind up having, I went to Bear Burger. That's our spot. Let me tell you something. I put Vessi onto Bear Burger. Vessi put Mike onto Bear Burger, we do bear burger, son. Um Bear Burger, and y'all haven't even gotten on the shakes yet, right? The shakes, like bear burger. Oh, Joe's got on the shakes. Let me cook you know, cause the first time I went, I told him, I said, You gotta you gotta get a, a shake. They'll they'll flip it. They'll make like a peanut butter and jelly shake one year. And then um this is for um all those that um what do they call it? Like food gasms, like when you like food and makes you salivate. I'm about to make y'all salivate. Come closer. Listen to the sound of my voice. They had this pumpkin and spice eggnog mixture uh, milkshake. It was phenomenal. There's something about putting your mouth close to the microphone makes you feel a little sexier than you feels a little sexier than uh, than you should be. Every dude that's listening to this podcast right now is feeling awkward right now. The women are enjoying it, but the dudes are like, dude, please pause right now. This is awkward, Dean. I have my headphones on. I'm I'm doing cardio right now. I'm on the subway listening to your podcast. And it sounds like your your lips are close to my ear, son. Please back up. So I'm a back up right now. <laughs> Cause that got a little got a little awkward. But I'm back every so often. You'll hear me get a little close to the microphone and let you know. You gotta feel sexy. I want I want everybody that's listening to this podcast right now to feel for the fucking good. Go look in the mirror. Think to yourself right now. Back up. Back up. Pull out your phone. Whether you have an iPhone, no, we're not answering that damn phone that's ringing in the background. Pull out your iPhone or pull out your Android and and click on the camera and just look at yourself right now. Look at yourself. And 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 t- turn the picture around so you can see yourself, dummy. Stop being an idiot. Look at yourself and just hear the sound of my voice. And, and look at yourself and say, "I'm a father fine father mucker." Even if you don't look good, say it to yourself. Feel better about yourself. I'm a fine father mucker. Hashtag that. Hashtag that. Take the picture. As a matter of fact, I just pop. Take the picture take the picture of yourself you learn that when you do voiceovers you have to do this to split the peas because I just peas pop see the peas pop um I'm sorry Mike that's they'll fix it in post baby um but yeah man feel good about yourself because that's that's what I want you to do if every time you're listening to uh podcast man hey man I just want people to walk away feeling like maybe they learned a little something about me and had a little fun with me for for the last forty five minutes to an hour you know we um what else can I, I I I pretty much summed up. Um, you know, and, and and please everyone that uh is listening, do me a favor, um, to maintain the legacy and, and keep us remembering some brilliant comics, go to uh go to iTunes and download um any of these brothers uh, CDs or material Patrice um, had The Elephant in the Room Which which I still The Elephant in the Room Is is uh, one of the funniest Stand up specials I've ever seen Period uh, And I'm not just saying Because he's a good friend um, But because I just uh think that we really lost a brilliant comedy mind and and we and we didn't get to see him grow, you know that's the beauty i really i I would love to hear Patrice in uh in in ten years and see. You know where his thought process was after after say he and and uh, Leslie Vandy after they had kids you know and him Patrice as a daddy because he was great with kids you know the same thing with my man Todd Lynn Todd brilliant stand up comic one of my one of my longest and nearest and dearest friends in comedy man I knew Todd um, I think we we were paired together to do a tour in '96 called the Creative Tour. Uh, which, um, uh, Nate Smith, who is Kevin Hart's road manager now. Nate used to run this tour that went up and down the East Coast from, um, from Virginia all the way to Tennessee. And you would, you would stop every, every night doing, um, you know, these small one nighters, you know, so we're in like Charlotte, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone and then Columbia, South Carolina, um you do like two nights in, in North Carolina, then two nights in Columbia, South Carolina, then wound up in Atlanta for a couple of days. I actually, I, I'll, I'll talk about that in another uh, another episode because um, I, I think you guys will, uh, will enjoy hearing about that. But Todd and I were paired together by a uh, brother named Bob Sumner. Bob was a talent coordinator and one of the producers on Def Comedy Jam. Um, and he actually uh, produces uh, the Laugh Mob comedy show at... Uh, at the Comedy Store on Tuesdays, hosted by my man Red Grant, um, uh, and, and and so Bob paired us up, and he said, "You guys, yo, you guys should go on. Uh, I'm gonna put y'all on this tour together because that's what you would do. Like you get paired up with someone that was a headliner. I was a feature, which means I drove. And so we uh we we bonded over that And then, and then Todd rubbed people, you know, n- negatively, you know, and so did Patrice. And to this day, I still hear people say, yeah, but they they were kind of bullies. No, they weren't bullies. You know what? They were just honest. And in a business such as entertainment where so many people are, are wearing masks and so many people are full of themselves, it was nice to have, uh, you know, two guys that weren't afraid of the repercussions of their mouths. And, and I'm sure their mouths got them in trouble many a time you know more often than not but hey they go check them out go uh Todd's uh special I actually remember going to both I was very proud that that year I think it was I want to say it was like 2003 or 2004 they both recorded their first uh Comedy Central half hours and uh and I was proud um these these were these were my peers these were, and these were my friends you know and so uh Todd Todd did his he called his my my damn show so go on uh you can probably find it on um if not on comedycentral.com you could go on youtube and just look up Todd T O D D Lynn L Y N N or Patrice O'Neill. and the beauty Here's his the beauty of um the internet man is that now because um, I because I wind up I, I miss these dudes I miss I miss my friends and uh you know uh we just passed the anniversary of uh Padrice being gone um for two years and we're coming up on Todd being gone um for two years and you know you miss you miss your friend you miss just uh I have I have a picture that I told myself I'm not like everyone anytime people see this picture, they're always like, yo, why don't you put that's such a that's a classic picture. Why don't you put this picture up? It's a picture of um of myself, uh, Patrice, Jim Norton, and Rich Voss, Right. I don't. You know why I won't won't put it up, Mike. I'll tell all the people. The reason I don't put it up is because it's that special to me, and we live in such an era. Where you have to share everything and, and you want everyone to like everything. And I want people, for instance, I want people to like this podcast. I want, I want, uh, because the likes and the, the uh, feedback, whether positive and negative, I hope is positive. Um, but I, you know, you welcome the negative feedback because that helps you get better at what you do. Um you you want people like us doing this podcast, me doing this podcast with the assistance of of Mike and, and Vessi. Um it it helps your brand move forward. It helps what you do move forward. Um it's a nice creative outlet. You know, is uh it was a challenge um doing it because I A, because so many people have done them and done them well and done them for a lot longer. So then you're you're dealing with the intimidation of saying, Well, I don't wanna I don't want to get on the bandwagon of it, but this is part of the business, so it's really not a bandwagon thing. But then, okay, well, what sets sets mine apart from everyone else's? But the same can be said of stand-up. Everybody has, uh, you know, has a joke about f- airplanes. You know, what do you do that's so different? So I like to think that I bring a little something different to the podcast than, say, uh, uh, a Mark Maron or or, or, or Burr or, or or Jay Moore or whomever. Does it? I I'd like to think I have uh, my own personality and point of view that that comes across in that. So, with regards to this picture of uh, me and and you know these 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 comedy peers that are you know as time goes by are icons to to a newer generation. Um, uh, I I I like the moment. Uh, Bobby Kelly uh, or Robert. Um, Kelly, You know what's funny As a side note I still call Every comic um, Whatever they were called When they first started So I still To this day And and I wonder If they If it annoys them I still call Billy Billy Burr Instead of Bill Burr Cause I'm like Well man you Billy to me You know you always Gonna be Billy to me And that's not to cut Cut down His wishes Or or what he wants People call him But that's my man I remember when we were all Just running through these little hole-in-the-wall clubs. You know, I remember us all just chilling at Boston Comedy Club while the next comic was on stage, and we were just bashing each other, watching watching some new Jack catch a, catch a brick, catch an L get no laughs on a Tuesday night because there are they're 11 students from NYU that really don't care about being there, but it's wintertime, and so there's heat and so, so Lewis Schaefer, not gay, Lewis lured them in and got them to come, uh, you know, cover a one drink minimum because he say, you know, come in, just get one drink and we'll just charge you, uh, you know, five or ten dollars so we can pay the waitress or so whatever. So I remember these dudes. I remember when Bobby Kelly first uh, first moved to New York from, from Saugus, Massachusetts and was sexy Bobby Kelly's a sexy he was a good. And, and I'm not saying pause I'm comfortable enough in my masculinity to say Bobby Kelly was a good looking dude now if I came up on the microphone and said that uh Bobby Kelly yeah and Bobby Kelly was sexy then it would be awkward but I'm not saying that. But Bob, Bob was, you know, slim, trim, good shape, had the little almost pompadour bopping off, you know, and and so he's Bobby Kelly to me. I don't care if you Robert and you grown and you're an author and 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 uh, a headlining touring comic man. That's Bobby to me. That's my man. Bobby works out with us uh, sometimes uh, when we used to box too. So um, so uh, with regards to the picture, Bobby took it and and I actually have a joke that actually came out of the, this moment um it was uh now i've i've had gray hair since probably my mid to late 20s right um and my family we just notoriously we we get gray hair my 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 uh one of my uh youngest my youngest daughter actually has had silver hair she only has like 3 but she has them you know and she, she and she's not even uh not even 10 you know and so we just get gray hair. So people never I used to when I was like say a decade ago when I was on SNL, I used to just pull the gray hairs out because they weren't a lot. Um so I would just boom and I also uh I I I had what's what's there's there's a disease, I don't know if it's a disease or condition where you pull your hair out. It's track tricky tra- t- it's trick something. Um Charlize Theron's character had it in this movie she did with uh Pat Oswald Um did you see that movie? It was a good movie. Um, so, uh, so but I I also, I would just pull it out just because vanity. And I was like, yeah, my hair's jet black. I want this gray hair messing up the, the flow. So I used to pull them out. But then I got older, they started coming in more. But because I wear my hair so big, so I had this gigantic afro, um, you can never see it. Right. So summer 2011, and I say that because like I said, Patrice, Patrice passed away in November 2011. And uh Patrice had these epic cookouts, man. I, I've been hearing about these cookouts since since I've known a dude. Um and these cookouts, he he does, he does four for a year. He does Fourth of July, I think uh, uh m- m- the Labor Day. Fourth of July, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. He cooks. Like, he really, excuse me, he's a big guy, but he knew how to throw down in the kitchen or on the grill. So, for years, every year, Patrice would call me. He's like, yeah. So, nigga, listen, I know you're not going to come, but, you know, you have your family. Bring your family over. It's a good time, Jersey City. We'll watch fireworks afterwards, but you know, I invite all the comics. You Ding, should come. Dean, stop. Come to the cookout. So every year I I just had an excuse. And then when my father passed away in uh in 07, as anyone with a parent knows, certain holidays or your mother's or your aunts, and so the fourth of July became my mother's um holiday. So I always had to tell Petrie every year without, I could, I probably still have texts in my phone from him about the 4th of July. And so 4th of July, 2011, he asked me, buddy, you could hear every year him just being more annoyed. Eh, Dean, stop. It's a, it's a fun time. Come to the cookout. I was like, man, you know, my mom has that thing. And so I got, he was like, bring her, bring your, bring your mom. My mom's there too. So uh, that particular year, on the 4th of July, it rained, but we still went up to my mom's. Um, and then that evening, Patrice hit me and said, all right, so look, we canceled today, so we're doing tomorrow. So I'm not going to beg you, but if you want to come... So I was like, you know what? Let me go see what this damn cookout is about. I'm tired of annoying me, yo. And I got to get close when I say this, man. When I tell you, you know, I spoke about foodgasm earlier. How, like, when you eat and you enjoy the food so much that you feel like you're skeet, skeet, skeeting. Like, that's... Yo, Patrice... And the only word I can think of is epic. Like this dude, he threw the cookout of all cookouts. My voice is quivering right now because it was so good. It was good, man. And let me tell you why, because at one point I enjoy I was enjoying it so much that he was he was on the grill and the cookouts were also great because not only was the food great, but he just every comic showed up. With or without their family, so you know, my um, boy Harris Stanton and his family um, are there, and I'm there with my family, and Rich Voss and Bonnie McFarlane are there with uh, their daughter, and Bobby Kelly's there, and uh, uh, and Keith shows up, Keith Robinson shows up, and then comics New Jack started showing up. You know, uh, uh, um, you know, my man, he's not New Jack, but uh, my my boy, uh, uh, to, 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 oh, jeez. To to Ray from uh, Philly, you know he was he his his girl was tight with Patrice's girl, and um um Hannibal you know shows up so everybody's just showing up it's just a good time and its what was beautiful about it it was a, it was a throwback vibe man because uh comics don't bash each other like they used to you know we we used to man we used to have sessions like we would stand out in front of Boston Comedy Club or the Comedy Cellar. And the reason we always met at these, usually at the cellar, I think more more so at the cellar as as years went by. But it used to be Boston. We would just have these these snapping sessions, man. We would just bag on each other. And I remember because I was one of the first ones that uh you know I guess settled down, had a family or whatever. So I would I would text the crib. I be like, All right, I'm on my way home at uh, you know 12:30 on a on a on a Wednesday night. And next thing I know, as I'm walking out, you know, new more comics are showing up. Like the, the cellar specifically, um, over the years became the watering hole where every every comic would come and hang out after doing their spots throughout the city. So you go to the cellar, um, you know, you see like uh, you know, the 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 OGs, like you see Nick DePaulo and 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 uh Keith sitting there holding court and Manny, um, who owned the club was sitting there and then uh uh, Colin Quinn, Colin Quinn was in there too, you know, and and everybody. If you were new, I wasn't new at that point, but um, new guys were just coming and love getting bashed because that's what you did. Because if you got bashed or if you got snapped on or you got uh, you got piled on by a bunch of um, OG comics, you felt like I have arrived. Don't really have that as much anymore. It's still. I, this was yeah, mid to late '90s, probably late '90s, because um, by the late '90s, yeah, I was I, I was uh w- by by that time the seller had started popping, so that's why I said like it used to be Boston, but then people would go and hang out at the cellar, and we would just and then as you're leaving, as you're exiting, more comments are coming in, so now you're stopping and talking, so now. I I said I'm leaving at 12.30, but now it's 1 o'clock. So now I'm outside at 1 o'clock. But if it's summertime, people are walking by, other comics are standing outside. Next thing you know, we're obstructing the flow of foot traffic going up and down the street to Cafe Y and around the corner to the uh, Blue Note or wherever because there's a lot of traffic on McDougal Street. And and next thing you know, we're out there just slamming each other. and, And you always had to come... You can never go outside with with some whack gear or wax shoes, wax sneakers, whatever, because you were gonna get got. And I miss those times, man. So we're at we're at Patrice's cookout. And I said to him, I said, yo, I said, what made you? I'm I'm just amazed at not only the amount of food, but the variety of foods. Because uh Patrice, um uh uh Eventually, he became, uh, I think, vegetarian or, or vegan. I could be mistaken, but I know he was. He was uh, doing his best to eat a little healthier, a little better, and control his portions. And so, um, he—I mean, this dude—he had king, he, oh, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm salivating. Think about it. He had, he had, um, he had prime rib. He had, he had. Um, you know, uh, did he have crab, t- crab tail? He had jumbo shrimp, he had uh, salmon, he had, uh, you know, like pork uh, ribs, he had every type of meat that you could consume, and he cooked it well, you know, like like the food, then on top of that, like when, you don't go to a cookout and expect to see uh, macaroni, baked macaroni and cheese, man, in the summer... Macaroni and cheese is like, I just got groceries because I'm like, like I said, this we recorded this in December, y'all. So the holidays are coming up. So I make mac and cheese. That's my thing. That's the one growing up. My aunt, shout out and and, uh, R.I.P. to my to my aunt, Tanti. Conti used to make the best mac and cheese. I'm talking the mac and cheese that you have. You need a knife and fork. You know, you gotta slice it. Bake mac and cheese. Like if somebody come, you know how offensive it is to say to myself. I've had people say I, I went to the gym one time, and uh, someone asked me about the holidays. They're like, "Oh, do you cook?" I said, "Is to to the dude uh, that works at the front desk. His name is Courtney. He's like, "Oh, uh, do you cook?" I was like, "Yeah, man. I just actually got the ingredients for um, my mac and cheese." This dude had the audacity. He had the audacity, son. He had the audacity to look at me and say, uh, "Is it from the box?" You know, I, I wanted to. I wanted Danny Brownham smack you like a bitch. nigga That's open hand. Like I, I was pissed. All like, I uh, there's no such thing as box macaroni and cheese. That's craft cheese and macaroni. I make mac and cheese, son. I got multiple cheeses in there. I layer it. You know what I mean? I layer my cheese. I, I but there's nothing healthy about my macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese is, is some white. And I tried it with the wheat pasta. I'm sorry, I got to go with the, with the original, uh, you know, white wheat flour. Not, not wheat, I just got to go with the white plain old school my elbows, right? Three boxes of elbows. I cooked those up. I'm not going to give you all my secrets because I'm nice with it. Um, but, uh, then I layer with the cheeses and then I I season, a lot of people don't season their mac and cheese. I, I use different, I I can tell y'all I use a lot of pepper, um, uh, uh, smoked, excuse me, smoked paprika. Um, there's breadcrumbs in there. I make, I make a nice, it's called, I learned this recently, it's called a roux, uh, where I, where I put all, all the ingredients together and then put, you can use milk or soy milk, mix them up. Then after you have your 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 uh tin full of the mac and cheese, you then pour this over it, and then when it cooks, it bonds it together. Oh, man, I'm, I'm right now. I'm really excited. I want to go make some mac and cheese. My I'm nice. I'm nice with my recipes, son. I I can't I can't cook a lot of things, but I'm nice with uh with my vegetarian chili. I, I make a vegetarian chili that people that eat meat. I've, I've snuck it on them where they're like, "Yo, I like this," uh, and then I'm like, "You realize that's not meat." And they're like, "Then they're you can't, you can never tell someone that eats eats meat that you've made something that's meatless because they they are gonna prejudice against it. They're not gonna give it uh, a, a full go. But if you cook it, you make it, let them eat it, and then they afterwards they're like, "Yo, that was good." I'm like, "Yeah, you know that one, uh, you know it was meatless, right? Those were crumbles. Those were crumbles." So um he had he had mac and cheese, he had all these different sides. And then he had to go that's what I that's what I said. You know, Patrice is official. He had he had uh the styrofoam to go uh um containers so that you could take a plate to go because he had that much food. And his mom came down from Boston, his aunt, everybody was there, so we're having a good time, we're kicking it, and Mike Barber. That particular summer, my barber got. I told him I wanted him to cut it down, and he got a little overzealous, so he cut my hair a little lower than I normally had. So when you cut my hair low, you can see. Oh, yo, Dean has a uh, he has more gray hair than we realize. So the picture, damn! If I I'll show you the picture after. So after the uh, the, we're we kicking it. We're sitting at the table, um, and we're we're bashing each other, and then Matrice. And, and, and Patrice looks at me and he says uh, "He and he just pauses i feel him staring at me it got quiet Voss and Norton are going on about something and then Patrice just pauses and he's like yo dean oh yeah what's up man it's like <laughs> and Patrice had this funny uh he had this funny uh speech pattern because he just had these these Pregnant pauses that would, that were awkward silences similar to what they do in the office. So he just like, Dean, what? and then he, was, he would ex- sound exasperated. Dean, what, what, uh, what, all right, let me, and he'd wipe his face and then he's looking at Norton, Norton voice, cool listen, Dean, what, what, what's, what's going on with your hair? Right. And so I know he's addressing the fact that I have gray hairs and I didn't ease them into the gray hairs. Like, it's one thing if you have a couple of gray strands, but I mean, there were there were patches. You can see my hairs cut, and Now you're like, yo, this dude is full, like almost salt and peppery. No, 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 not because the pictures, I mean, yeah, that's funny, Mike said, that's why you don't show the picture The pictures, I said, very funny, the pictures in black and white, so you can't see it Like, from the picture, my hair looks black, but he's like, what? why, why are you, what's going on with your hair? So I said, oh, I'm trying to be cool about it, uh, but that's the beauty of having friends, real friends, and real comics that are friends uh, they they didn't give a damn about me trying to rationalize. I was like, oh man, you know, shoot, grown man move. I just you know, I'm letting my hair breathe. Had to get a haircut. He paused and he's like, nigga, you look like Frederick Douglass. And man, <laughs> and everybody started yo. I got piled. They piled on me like it was 1999 at the cellar. Man, Norton's like, yeah, Dean Dean only uh. Dean Dean now only uh goes in for auditions that Morgan Freeman passed on, like uh, man. And I and 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 so Bobby in this particular moment as they're doing this, he got this got this shot. And so the reason I don't show uh don't I don't post that picture is because that's my own little moment that I can remember. Uh yeah, there's a story behind it. I don't want people to apply what they want to that I mean it, but every time I show people like I have it in in, in my my old phone I got to transfer to this phone and uh it's it's just it's a picture that that uh you know one day when when um I'm in a even better position than I'm in currently I want I want to put that picture up on the wall in, in my office you know just because it, it it has so much meaning and reminds me so much of I remember when we were all struggling, man, and 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 one of the fortunately we're all doing well. We all have have uh, you know found a greater success than we all had back then. You know, I, I mean, I remember doing like a, a, a nooner. A, a nooner is when you're doing a, perform at a college during lunchtime, and so no one's really listening. Kids are walking back and forth. I remember doing this nooner with Norton. And Pete Corielli somewhere in Florida, and the the gigs was was horrendous, you know. In in Norton's words, it, it stunk, it stinks. Why are we here? But those those are sort of the innocent times that that uh as as everyone you know finds success, you you sort of lose track of those, you know. And so it's uh it's it's always nice to to reflect on those. Look, I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting all somber right now. But there's a way, there's a way to bring it back. Just go into sexy voice right now. I'm in my sexy voice, man. I think I think y'all have heard enough of me for the day. We've rambled on uh for the better part of an hour. Um I, Huh? Where are we at 110? Mike just said we're at 110, man. I knew I could do it. I flew solo. Cause I, cause I'm, I'm getting my grown man on, man. Hey, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Joseph Vessi for motivating me. Like I said, um, our first uh one actually aired, um, premiered, I guess, on SoundCloud, um, on December. What's today? The tenth or the eleventh? I think it's the eleventh. Premiered on, uh, on the eleventh of December, and this is episode eight, man, of the For the Mucking Protocol. Um, I hope y'all dug it. You know, uh, go online. Make sure you, if you're listening, make sure you, uh, you rate it. Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe to it. Make sure you, uh, if you, if you're online, well, obviously you're online. So make sure you follow me uh, at Instagram and Twitter, both of them. I am Dean Edwards, that's who I am So at I am Dean Edwards Because that's who I am, man Um, We'll catch y'all next week With another uh, fun-filled For the Mucket Podcast Um, Being told to keep down Um, Oh, the cat I just heard the cat is jingling He's stuck outside And it's cold When it's cold outside Yo, so uh, we'll catch you next week, man. You quick shout-out to to my goddaughter, uh, Lexi Lexi, uh, Pointer. Lexis did the music that you're listening to. Every time you hear the show, as the show uh, intros and as we outro, man, that's my uh, goddaughter Lexis' music. So um, shout-out to her and Uncle D.S. Kill Dejon uh, for providing us with that music. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make sure... I, uh find out what her soundcloud is so that we can uh, give her proper uh, proper crediting and so love you Lexi thank you thank you thank you all easy